Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. Um, today, we'll be doing another episode of the Cinephile Surveys. I know that was the last episode I did, but it's been a month for me. I guess it's been a month for you, too. But uh, today, I've got a great guest. Uh, his name is Adam Deloge. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he also has a podcast of his own, which later in the episode, he's too shy to plug, but I'm not. Uh, it's called Jabberwocky just like the uh, mythical creature in the Alice in Wonderland story. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very similar to this podcast. It's about brothers by brothers. Uh, so go check that out. Um, but it, this was a blast to record. I really enjoyed it. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Are talking about movies? Oh, yes, that's okay. the plan. Is uh, We're going to talk about movies, which luckily... I know none about movies, so I'll just make <laughs> I mean, up. that's probably what we, it's definitely what we talk about more than anything. Make up a bunch of stuff. Well, luckily, I have a set of questions. That's good. You're more prepared on this podcast than well, I am. <laughs> well, the idea is, I've done this <laughs> I've done this once with a friend. It's Cole Gwynn, who you probably know. Um, I've definitely heard that name tons of times before. But I'm, I'm basically... I think at one time he had a mustache, and everyone would be like, Cole Gwynn's mustache is terrible. Yes. Uh, and that's basically the only reason why I know him is through his mustache. So I'm basically stealing this idea from another podcast. Fair, um, go for it. It's called Films to Be Buried With. Okay, you've talked about this. Yeah, and so I have just a set of like 15 or so questions that right. I'm asking my friends because it's fun to talk about movies with your friends. Okay. And so it's not like you have to know anything. It's just more about your taste. Right. So maybe pull up your letterbox or IMDb. Yeah, I might need that. Usually, I, I give people time in advance to think about it. You know what? I'm better thinking on my feet, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it's probably, it might be better because you're not bouncing back and forth about, well, what about this? What about this? It might be better just to go with a gut instinct. Definitely. So, I think a great icebreaker question is just uh, are you a film person or a movie person? Which is like part A, and part B is do you care about a difference in that? Am I a, the question is, am I a movie person or am I a film person? Yes. Okay. And I assume that means is if someone calls something a movie, do I correct them to say it's a film? Not exactly. I guess this is more like a, do you take the Martin Scorsese approach <laughs> where it's like, um, all, like all cinema is movies, but not all movies are cinema. We're like, have you heard about that? I think I agree with that. Okay, because like... Because some movies are just movies, and that's totally fair. But some movies, I think, are genuinely art. And it's like, okay, this... I can tell that this movie is way better than other movies that I've watched. Like, you can talk about, like, Schindler's List. I think we can all agree, Schindler's List is an actual piece of art. That's film. That's cinema. But if you look at it, at Finding Dory, that's just a movie, you know? Yeah. We're only leaving it at a movie. It does its job. It entertains people. I wouldn't say that's a piece of art. Uh, which is funny because I think a lot of Pixar movies are really dancing that line. I think several for of them sure. are. For sure. Finding Dory? Is <laughs> it one of them? <laughs> not one of them. It's not a bad movie. It's not terrible. But I wouldn't call it art. I wouldn't call it cinema. I would call it just a movie. Okay. So we're on the same page on that. So I think another great icebreaker question, and this is one that I've – been thinking about for myself a lot is what is the film that got you into film i guess the way that i mean that is kind of like what was the first film you saw where you're like oh this is not just entertainment it can be 
it can be art. It can be something bigger than that. That's not just. So I think the first movie that I watched that really blew my mind and that I can remember it blowing my mind um, was Inception. It's kind of lame to say, but it genuinely was because I think when I first watched that movie, I was 11 or 12. Big mistake. Oh, wow. Big mistake. And I watched it with my brother. And at the end of the movie, the first time you watch Inception, you have no idea what just happened. You just watch this movie. It, you were just thrown around. You were thrown around like a rag doll. You don't know what's, what happened at yeah. all. And I remember at the end of the movie, my brother just looked over at me and I was just crying because <laughs> I didn't understand what I had just gone through. Had and he was, seen it before? He had seen it before. So he, he was, was like, like waiting for your watch action. This, watch this. You got to watch this. And that was the first time that I was like, okay, movies can actually be something more. That there's other things besides animated movies and Disney movies out there in the world. You saw that at a pretty young age. Big mistake. I mean, and from I, that, I don't know why that sticks out to me so much. Probably because I just cried. And that's such a weird reaction <laughs> at the end of Inception is just tears of just confusion. But um, that that sticks out to me as the first real movie that I just watched and was kind of like, whoa, this is crazy. And I think like Interstellar 2, basically, I think I watched Chris Nolan films a little too early <laughs> where it was just like, I'm the thing I was a little too young to really grasp what was under what was happening, but they definitely left, left a lasting impact on me because I was like, okay, this is big. Yeah. This is a big deal. Everyone. Everyone's got to go see this movie, guys. I'm like yeah. telling everyone about Inception. They're like, yeah, we've heard about it. No, you're not. You don't understand. He's like, yeah, we know. It came out like three years ago. <laughs> see, by the time I had gotten around to seeing Inception, it was already, I don't want to say old, but it was well past its Fair. initial release. Fair. It was already like a mainstream Everyone cultural knew. thing. Yeah. And so I guess to me, it didn't feel like it was that movie just yeah. because I was like, Oh, well everyone's seen a little too it. hyped up. Yeah. It yeah. seemed too. And there's kind of this idea in my head that like good films aren't mainstream. Okay. That's which isn't really true, which is like a flawed yeah. mis- it's, it's a misconception, but I would say inception because that's probably the first like properly good film I yeah. ever saw, but it, it didn't like spark with me with that idea. Um, that's fair. For me, it was Foxcatcher. Haven't seen it. Which uh, I think the reason for that is it was the first rated R film I ever saw, mm-hmm. and I know that because I got to rent it. I was old enough finally to oh, seventeen. Big man on the street <laughs> walking into Blockbuster or getting it from Redbox. Our home, our small town grocery store rented movies. So fair, and uh, they're like, here you go. But I think the thing about it was it's like the first truly unhappy ending I've ever seen. Like it is not a not like sad. It's not like Old Yeller dying. Right. It's like unhappy. Who came it up with that end for a movie? It was like it was real life. That, that's a real story. <laughs> okay. If we're going like the first unhappy movie, that's not that's not the question. But like that for me, I was like, oh wow, this is like movies aren't just happy fun entertainment. So that movie for me was Rocky Ooh. because I had heard about Rocky and I think I'd seen it in bits and pieces. And then one day I actually sat down and watched it. And I didn't know that he just loses at the end. Spoiler alert. Rocky loses at the end. And it feels like, what was the point? Because most sports movies, they win. It's like the underdog wins. Yeah, of course. But Rocky's 
he loses? Hold on. You're breaking the mold here. He's supposed to win. So that movie is the first movie that I thought shouldn't have ended the way it ended because it was an unhappy yeah. ending. And I thought, what was the point of this movie then? And then you get into Rocky too, and it's like, okay, guess he can win. <laughs> Very closely after I saw Foxcatcher was Whiplash, which mm. is another, like... It's kind of a sad... It is, yeah. but it's like a very, like, significantly higher quality Definitely. film than anything I had seen Definitely. before. And it, that, that ending is uh, ambiguous on purpose. Because it just, he does the whole solo, right? Yeah. He, like, does the whole solo, and uh, what's-his-face comes over, he's like, Andrew, Fletcher. what are you doing, man? And he's like, I'll kill you in. And he does it, right? And then he does his whole solo, and then he cues them in, and they start, and then it just goes black. Yeah, right? I've well, never like, I've seen that. It, the it ending closes. Scene. He, okay. he finished the song, and then you got a close up of Andrew Name. Right, and he's just kind of got this look on his face where he's kind of smiling, but right. you don't know if what that means. Yeah, like you can look back at it and think like, so either like we saw that he pushed past it, mm-hmm. and so does that make Fletcher right? Like, are we rooting for that character, or is this like? a beginning of a second downfall for Andrew. Like it's, it's kind of bittersweet. Like yeah. I can't say it's a happy ending. I can't say it's like good. Yeah. But it's not all bad it, either. Like it sort of feels resolved in the moment when you huge. first see it. Yes. And then you're like, okay, he did it. But then when you think about it, you think, well, well, <laughs> I don't know why I said it. Like, <laughs> well, you know, what does that mean for Andrew? Awfully bubbling. Right <laughs> um, Whiplash, never seen it. I've seen really? a, I've seen a bunch of wow. videos about Whiplash, and that's one of the issues I have with movies is that I've seen a lot of like video essays yes, <laughs> about movies because I'll think, wow, I'm kind of interested in that movie, and then I watch a video essay about it, and I feel like I watched it. <laughs> you know, they cover the main themes, and yeah. you kind of get the gist of it, and I feel like, okay, you know what? Don't need to ever watch that movie. So there are a few movies that I have never seen, but I feel like I know everything about. And I think Whiplash is one of them. And then I also have seen the ending of Whiplash a bunch of times. Because th- sometimes I think about it. I'm like, man, that drum solo is so good. And then I go and watch it. I've actually got Buddy. I was listening to Buddy Rich before you came so in. So good. It's you know he had a heart attack one time while drumming? I mean, I feel like the odds of anything happening to him while drumming are pretty <laughs> <high. he's> like, <laughs> it's like, No, he, had, he was like performing. He had a heart attack, kept drumming, and then took himself. I believe that. It's crazy. He was Buddy nuts. Rich is so good. Next question. So <laughs> this is the section of the questions that I kind of call like the superlatives. It's like, okay. you know, the most this, the most yes. that. Uh, we're just going to start with the heavy one. Do you cry a lot in movies? I do not. Do I you, really don't. Do you cry I'm not in touch with my emotions. Let's be honest. I'm not. That's why I don't cry in movies. Well, okay. This might be a tough question. Ma- might make it easier if you don't cry often. What movie makes you cry the most? Um, I feel like if you cried at a ton of movies, this would be a lot harder to This question. would be. I think the last movie I cried at, which I don't bawl at movies, I just kind of tear up yeah. and then that's it, was Blinded by the Light, which we've talked about a lot. And yes. I talk about it a lot because I love that movie so much. There's a monologue at the end of it. And I remember the first time I watched it, I just cried. It's like, man, this is so good. Second time I watched it, within the next 24 hours after my first watching, I think I cried again. <laughs> oh, really? So I think... If I can remember correctly, I think that is the movie that I have cried the most at. 
Um, another movie that I almost cried. I think a few tears welled up, but I was at a point in my life where I was like, crying's not cool at movies, so I'm not going to do it. And that was the movie Lion with yes. Dev Patel at the yes. end. Man, <laughs> oh, that is so good. And I almost cried. I remember watching it. And I remember I didn't – I don't know why I watched that movie. I just watched it one afternoon. I knew nothing about it. I just watched it. I have pretty watched that one. And then at the end, I just cried. I was like, man, this is so good. So I think those those two are the most that stick out to me. Other than that, I don't think I've cried. I really don't cry at movies. If you had to pick one. That I cried more? Yeah. I feel like Lion was more... Mm, I'm going to go with Lion. Okay. Lion feels like if I watched it again, I would probably cry again. Blinded by the Light, I've seen it enough times now that I've got like, okay, I know this is coming. Yeah. So... I'd go flying. It's not a... I think this story really is what is yeah, good about that it's, movie. It's not particularly great. Cinematic. Acting's great. Cinema's okay. But... There's production few, is what I... Production, yeah, yeah, pretty good. But, I mean, there's a few, like, cool shots, and it's all right. It's got Nicole Kidman in it, which is weird. When I saw it, I was like, oh, Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah, the White family. family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't only take it. <laughs> there are a few things... In that story, that seem a little too convenient, um, but we'll leave it at that. So you, I think most movies have something. For sure, for sure. I mean, that's yeah. Otherwise, why does anything happen? But that's I mean that's true. So if you watch, I bet you really love it. Okay, I'll have to. Um, maybe you'll cry. Maybe I'll cry. I don't know. <laughs> I think a lot of the stuff that makes me cry is all family based. This is definitely family based. Movies about Oh this I know it is. This is fa- this is about family bases you can get. I disagree. Because <laughs> the two movies that make me cry are about <laughs> biological families. That's fair. This it one's is- about a biological family. It's also about an adopted family. That's but- what makes it even sadder. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Are you crying Batman because he's an orphan? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Anytime he comes on screen, like, just tears. <laughs> What movie makes you laugh the most? What movie makes you laugh the most? You're a pretty um, cheerful guy. I am a pretty cheerful guy. I'm going to say um, Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's your first I skill. love that movie so much. That movie is so funny. Every time I watch that movie, I just think, like, everything about this movie is awesome. Um, it also holds a pretty sentimental place in my heart, but it's also funny. So every time I rewatch it, I'm just like, man, this is so funny. I about can't watch that movie anymore. What? <laughs> because so like we saw it for the first time about the time it came out, and it was so like we loved it so much that we watched it a ton mm, that's and we fair. bought it. And I've probably seen that movie a hundred times to the point where I cannot stand it being on anymore. <laughs> like it is, there was a phase in our life where it was constantly on in our yeah, house, and I was like, definitely. I'm now at a point where I'm like, if I have to see shirtless Jack Black anymore. <laughs> I'm going to That's lose the it. best part. <laughs> I just... Yeah. Nacho Libre is one of those movies that I get excited to think about one day showing my kids that movie. <laughs> I think about that a lot with movies and music. Is I think if I watch something or I listen to something, I'll think, one day I'm going to show this to my kids. It's going to melt their brains. They're not going to know what's going on. I think the same way. I think... I've got like a small select. I call mm-hmm. it a small selection, but I'm, I'd like to keep buying movies that I own. And I think when I have a kid, I'd like to like put down at least 
at the time what I think would be an appropriate mm-hmm. age to like show them that movie, especially yeah. stuff that like I really care about. It's yeah. really important. And I think that uh, that will change, of course, because I think about my parents. I was raised mm-hmm. pretty, pretty strict on stuff. And so I was 17 and a little rebellious and I rented Whiplash, which has a lot of language in it. Two languages. And so I'm thinking like, for myself, I'm I'm kind of okay watching it alone. Mm-hmm. But when I show my kid that, yeah, like I feel like the the selection really slims down when you start yeah. nurturing. Even if it's like, even if you wait till they're seventeen or eighteen, it's like there's there's a barrier there that it's Definitely. hard for me to get past. Yeah, but I, I think maybe I do think that way about maybe movies. it's just like you gotta let them. There maybe there's a set of movies you show, but then other than that, you just say, you know what, you're on your own. You make yeah. your own, but. I don't. I would love to watch movies with my kids and be like, "Hey, guess what we're watching tonight? Whiplash." <laughs> it's like so, happy, happy sixteenth birthday. We're gonna show you Jurassic Park. Whiplash. Because watching Jurassic Park. Yeah, because if I show it to you when you're nine, you're not gonna appreciate not it, and you will it. never no see way. it in the same light yeah. again. But other than that, I think that is the. I watched um, the Naked Gun, which is kind of on par with, or in the same vein of style of movie as airplane yes and that was pretty funny and i, I think laughed. that was cole gwynn's answer was airplane's the funniest movie he'd ever seen i tried to get into airplane i think i watched the first 10 minutes and i just wasn't in the, it just wasn't the right day it's, for me so i might yeah. revisit it but the naked gun was pretty funny and i've told you this but oj simpson is in it, which is really funny to me because he plays a cop <laughs> which is so funny um yeah, but I... yeah so that movie, but I think like Nacho Libre and Napoleon Dynamite. Um, See, Napoleon Dynamite's not one that I've gotten tired of yet. Like it's on a lot at our house, but I, <laughs> I'm not as tired. It's newer still, yeah. but it's when, starting to get there. And I I showed that movie to my dad one time, and if you knew my dad, you would immediately know that my dad would not like that movie. <laughs> Um, and so I showed it to him and at the end of the movie, he just said, was that movie just about a town of people who are mentally ill? <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> he genuinely thought that. And I was like, no, man. You know, what's crazy about both of those movies is that they are like small budget mm-hmm. little, I think, did Nickelodeon do both of them? No, I think so. I think, mm. I think it was MTV that did. Yes. Uh, MTV did Napoleon. Yeah. Dynamite. But, like, they're both such small-budget right. films that became, like, such mm-hmm. cultural, like, touchstones. Mm-hmm. They made so much money on They're that. awesome. Like, those – they're very similar in that way. And Definitely, a lot of for ways. sure. For sure. I mean, it's mind-blowing that Nickelodeon made Nacho Libre. It's I'm a little never, wild. I would never guess Nickelodeon would make that. You know the, the uh, Kevin James movie, Here Comes the Boom, is, like, the exact same movie. It's not, not even, it's not even subtle about I it. I just watched that recently because the people that I'm staying with now were telling me that it's the greatest movie ever. I watched it. Oh. Not that good. Not that it, good. It is a direct ripoff of Nacho Libre, and it's not even subtle. Oh, yeah, for it sure. It is practically a shot-for-shot shot remake. So the, here's, here's my thing with that movie. Apart from the movie just being bad, <laughs> my biggest issue is that at the end of the movie, we're supposed to believe that Kevin James is a – awesome MMA fighter. And my issue is it's Kevin James. He doesn't go through any body transformation. He still looks like the same Kevin James at the beginning of the movie. It's so unbelievable. It's just like, I can't get behind the movie. 
It's pretty. So if you're on the fence between Here Comes the Boom and Nacho Libre, pick Nacho Nacho Libre Libre every single time. 100%. Do you like scary movies? I, um, no. Well, okay. That's kind of a complicated question. It is. It's not, it's not so straightforward. Because my mom never let us really watch scary movies. And I think my mom was very anti- scary movies because she would always say once you see something it's in your brain forever which i don't that's not true i forget things all the time (laughs) i don't necessarily believe that to be true i understand where she's coming from and that makes sense so i there's a certain level of innocence that once you watch a scary movie is gone yeah so i've never really sat down and watched scary movies i think the closest thing i've watched to a scary movie is um, a Quiet Place. And that's not that scary in terms no. of scary movies. And then um, the Us, which is yes. a little bit more definitely closer to a scary movie. But growing up, I think I was given access to the internet a little bit too <laughs> unfettered access to YouTube a little too early. I think everyone was. And I, wa- <laughs> I don't know why. It terrifies me that my, seven, my seven-year-old brother can just log on YouTube and yeah. literally watch whatever that is i would watch is insane i would watch clips of um the saw traps (laughs) (laughs) what that's what i would be like that is one of the worst ones in my opinion i know i don't know how i i found out about these movies but i would be like saw traps (laughs) i would look those up and i would watch um final destination like death scenes (laughs) And I don't, to this day, never seen those movies because I feel like I mean I know I've the, seen the better part of them. Yeah, now. I know what's going to happen, but I don't know why. And I didn't enjoy watching those. I don't know why I watched them because I hated watching them. I was just like, it's terrible. And I'm like, watch with my my eyes half closed. Anyways, <laughs> looking back on that, I think why did I watch it in the first place? And I'm just watching it like. Barely, like, like some people enjoy that. Eyes. Like really, that's that is a draw for some I people. Can't get behind. I find it insulting a lot of the time. So I can't get behind it. I think they're generally poorly made movies, and especially the ones that rely on like like really heavily on supernatural yeah. elements. I yeah. think are just really insulting to my faith. Yeah, like the whole demons and stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to go to church on Sunday yeah. and then turn around and watch The Conjuring. Yeah, like, there's a few. You, you can't. Yeah, there's in my a, head. I cannot. <laughs> right. I can't compartmentalize right. it. There's a few horror movies that I feel like I want to watch because I've heard they're good. One is the Blair Witch Project. I've heard that's like okay, but depending on who you are. Um, but other than that, I haven't really gotten in. I mean, I'm kind of okay with thrillers, but like outright, this is scary. I'm not yeah. usually drawn towards those. Just I think eh, probably kind of boring. So what movie scared you the most? It doesn't even have to be a scary movie. Like it could be something you saw as a kid movies that just like really the most. scared you. So let me think. I think um, I think I remember being afraid of Jaws. That's my answer. Is to be Jaws, honest, like, I mean giant shark. As a kid, like worst animals you can think of, shark. When you find out about a shark, that's the scariest animal you've ever heard of. <laughs> I'm just like yeah. there's a creature in the ocean that can eat me immediately. Scariest. I mean, yeah. I hardly ever went to the beach. I was not in a landlocked state. 
But where I was, there was not going to be any sharks. Yeah. <laughs> but you know but what the, is so – sorry, go ahead. The idea that there could be a shark out there that could bite me, kill me in just one bite, terrified. Horrible. That is why that movie is so successful. It really is. It's because – and I grew up in a landlocked state. But that movie is so effective because it's such a primal fear mm-hmm. to be afraid of being eaten alive. By something mysterious yeah. under the water you can't yeah. see. Yeah. That is so primal that and it pulls it off very well. Like mm-hmm. it can be a little corny mm-hmm. looking back at it, yeah. but it works because every time you go to the ocean, every single time, what are I you think thinking? Like, you're what you're hearing the a, theme music. What if there is a giant shark out there? That's why it's so good. <laughs> it's because it makes you not want to yeah, eat the water. It sure. makes you at least question it. You're like, yeah. what if there's something in the water? I don't yeah, I don't think that Maybe. I have not spent much time in the ocean. Not because of that. It's just I'd never really go to the ocean. And the oceans that I do go to are freezing. So it's like, well, I'm not really going to go swimming. So, but I think Jaws definitely. I remember, maybe not. I don't know if I ever watched it as a young kid or I just heard about the the idea of, well, wait, there's a shark out there that might be able to kill me? I, I remember one time I was at the beach. And I was paddleboarding because like mm. there was a rental place. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. Paddleboard's worse than being on a shark attack. I love, I love paddleboarding. It's a blast. <laughs> but I was out and I'm just paddleboarding. I'm having a good time. And I see something in the water. And it is gray and it is moving. And I'm like, nope. I am not going to turn into Bethany Hamilton, the male version. And I start booking it back. To, I start booking it back to the shore. And then I start hearing people yelling, Oh, look, dolphins. And I'm like, see, that's another scary thing. But that's why, but again, that's why Jaws is so effective. I see something gray moving in the water and I'm like, I am, it's not it's either the worst creature in the ocean or the friendliest. You I ain't taking know. my chances. Yeah. I'm not rolling the dice on that one. I'm just going to assume it's the deadliest one and get back to shore. Get out of Dodge. Other than that, I can't really think of any. I think because, well, yeah, I really can't think of any movies that I watched that I was genuinely afraid of. Because, I mean, I didn't really watch scared movies ever. So there wasn't ever anything that I was like. I think Jaws is a great answer to that question. Yeah, and that's like really accessible to kids too. Because it's a simple story of just a giant shark. But that's scary. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, no one's going to show a kid an actual horror movie. They'll be like, watch Jaws. That's terrifying. I, I think I might introduce my younger sister to it. She's about, she's almost 15. I feel but like that's a good age. We have this idea. Actually, we're going to do it. We're going to buy my dad a projector mm-hmm. for Father's Day. And they've got a pool now. Perfect. A big above ground pool with a deck. And I thought, it would be fun. Like, I've seen people that, like, sit on a floaty, put up mm-hmm. a sheet, like, put on a movie mm-hmm. like what if we put on jaws like okay. everyone goes to bed the older kids will hang out outside we'll watch jaws mm-hmm. i think that like she is at that age where like she can she will get it and she's not going to be like totally free like yeah the head popping out of the water is going to get her because <laughs> it gets everyone right right but it's yeah it's a good one jaws i think terrorizing kids since 1975. 1975. I'm surprised I know that off the top of my head. It's a good tagline for the movie. It is a good tagline. Okay, I have a funny story. You know, I took Ryan Giesing to go see Jurassic Park when it was in theaters. Right. Because, you know, theaters were trying to stay open. They're putting on $5 movies every night of the week. Let's keep that going. He had never seen it. Okay. And I'm like, oh, my man, I will buy your ticket and we are going to see this movie. 
And so you get to the bit where things are actually going really poorly. Okay. Yeah. And they're going to go turn the power back on. Mm-hmm. So Elliot Sattler's mm-hmm. turned the power back on. And whew, Arnold's, Mr. Arnold's yeah. arm goes over her shoulder. She goes, oh, and she turns. And when the arm comes with her, the detached yes. arm, Ryan came unglued. <laughs> I mean, he went. <laughs> That's good. And about fell out of his seat. I mean, he freaked That's out. That's good. And I... I knew it was coming. <laughs> I had seen it earlier that week. And I was wow. I don't know if I would ever imagine anyone reacting that viscerally. Well, I mean that. But I guess the first You don't time know watching, Ryan super well, but he's I guess the first time watching Jurassic Park that might happen. He's a tense little guy. Yeah. <laughs> but that was one of the best <laughs> reactions to anything I'd ever seen in a movie. That's I mean, good. It was great. What is visually the prettiest or most stunning movie you've ever seen? Visually, the prettiest or most stunning movie I've ever seen. Um, and this is like I, I like these questions because they they can be very personal because it kind of tells you a lot about yeah. the person. And this one really because it's it's all about aesthetic. Like what what do you find attractive or what what kind of like yeah. cinematography do you like? So I want to say. <clears throat> Like, uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Mm. That's, like, a big, kind of a big movie in my life that, like, served as a lot of different things for me in my life. And I feel like that was the first movie that I really enjoyed visually. There's a few really good shots in that movie yeah. that I really enjoy. All and the stuff in Iceland is awesome. Yeah, and that's, like, I mean, it'd be kind of hard to mess up Iceland, but they do yeah. a good job. with Yeah, it. they and do it a lot of justice. There's And there's a scene where he's running out of the time office and it's like going through giant time. Um, the big posters. Yeah. Yes. That's like a really cool shot. And then he's the last one in the, in the spacesuit, which it's, I think is such a cool shot. It's kind of like this shift from reality to his mm-hmm. imagination. Yeah. Like you can see that. Yeah. And I really like that shot. And there's just a lot of, and at the end where they're playing soccer in like Mongolia or somewhere. Wherever they're, they're not yeah, in that's, Mongolia. I don't even know where they are, but I really like that scene, but there's a lot of just really good shots in that movie. And I really love that movie. That movie's awesome. Um, but another movie that I think is very visually pleasing is Spirited Away. Oh, really? That's, that's yeah. Genuinely, like, um, we were talking about Memories of Murder. Yes. Which is a Korean film. I think, mm. is Studio Ghibli Japanese or Korean? It is Asian. <laughs> there's, a few, there's a few shots in Memories of Murder... Where I like think, wow, that looks almost exactly like a shot from Spirited Away. But um, and also, um, I mean, for being an animated movie, you can do a lot with landscapes and stuff. But that movie is really beautiful. Like the animation style is so beautiful. It's really awesome. Yeah. But that movie too is probably one that I visually I think I really liked. If you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, yes, I've, I've probably, created a list on Letterboxd where I'll I would put probably down go people's with answers. Spirited Away. I think it's probably more visually beautiful um, than Secret Life of Walter Mitty. But that's, I will give it that. I didn't care for the movie itself, but it was really—it's a weird movie. It's great. It's a lot of soft world building, which I don't really care for because you just spend the whole yeah. time. I, I think it very, seems really long. It does. It so, really does. But. I, I don't know. I think it's very visually nice. It is. Yeah. I it, that is its 
definitely its strength, but I don't know. What movie gives you the most nostalgia for any stage in your life? It does, I, it's not even about childhood, but what gives you the most nostalgia? Most nostalgia? Hmm. I hate to beat a dead horse, but I do genuinely think it's Secret Life of Walter Mitty. No, but like that movie... I can look back at that movie and I can kind of trace my life before Secret Life of Walter Mitty and my life after Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Because I was kind of a big – when I remember going and seeing that with my brother and my sister. And I think my brother was just about to graduate high school and go off to college. Which is kind of a big, I'm guessing he was about 16 or 17 when that came 17. out. 17. Because I think he, I think he was 17. Um so that would make me 15 or so. And aren't you about two years younger? I think I'm four years. <laughs> I think he's do you not know. I think he's 24. And I think I'm 19. So you're only 19. Yeah. So like also you said 19 like it was a question. I think I'm 19. Yeah, I'm 19. I think he's 24. So about four years younger. How are you? How are you that I get young? That, I get that all the time. What? I don't get it. But anyways, you you graduated. I, I, it's because. You came to college so early. Like, yeah, I was 17 when I started college. Yeah, so that makes – to me, I'm like, okay, you're 18. You've been through three years of college. You're 21. Yeah. And well, the thing that's is, why, is that – That's why I'm so thrown off by this. The stuff. thing is what? is that I'm like yeah. ahead, but I'm also a year ahead. So I've only been here for three years, but I'm graduating next yeah. in 2022. So that's what that, – So you're 19. Yes, I am. You're, you're my – you're almost – okay, my brother – Will turns 19 in October. It's yeah, like, how, oh my God. I turned that turns my whole in, idea of you completely upside down. In a good way or a bad way? Not in a bad, not, not in any kind of way, but like, I just, when you take someone that you know. You need to totally reframe your and perception your, of me. Not really, but like you take this, like, like you take someone you know and then you realize that they are like drastically mm-hmm. younger. Like, Drastic? You think I'm drastically older? No, but two. No, but two years. Like 19, that's 21. That's that is a, a maturity chunk. gap. Yeah, that's a that big is chunk. Non-zero. Chunk. Yeah, that's so, fair. But 2013 is when Secret Life of Walter Mitty came. Okay, out. so it's I kind of that perfect age. Yeah, and it was for me. It was like you're 12 years old. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna stop. It was that. my brother was going off to college, and I I hate when people talk about. Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I'm a real snob about Secret Life of Walter Mitty for two reasons. One, it's about like people don't think it's underrated for some reason. Every time you bring up Secret Life of Walter Mitty, they'll be like, oh, you guys have seen that? That movie is so underrated. And I think, no, it's not. If you ask literally anyone, they'll say they've seen it. It's it not underrated. It was kind of a blockbuster. It was. And I don't know why everyone thinks it's underrated. It's crazy. But I don't. It's got a really good cast. Like, it, yeah. Movies with. Ben Stiller. Kristen um, Wiig. Adam Scott with a beard. Adam Scott. Crazy. Um, I had the name. No, you made me lose it. Adam Scott. Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt is in it. it. Kristen Wiig's in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone else. What's that guy's name? No idea who you're thinking <sighs> of. He's he's the guy he's chasing after. He's he's a big time actor. He's won a couple Oscars. Antonio Banderas. <laughs> not Antonio. <laughs> historically, not Antonio no Banderas. Um. Well, shoot, now it's hard to find on IMDb. How bad? Let's see. Sean Penn. Sean Penn is the there name I'm looking for. I mean, Sean Penn it's is... It's got Catherine Hahn in it, too. 
it's got a ton of people in it. Like, no movie with that cast is like, oh, it's an underrated, you've never yeah. seen it. Like, if as soon as Ben Stiller signs on to something, it's in the lead role, yeah. the title role. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I mean, that soundtrack, too, for that movie is Ooh. so good, but that definitely makes me nostalgic for a past time. And I'm really, I'm really big on nostalgia. That's like, I think something that, and that's true for everyone, but I think about it probably a lot more than the average person. Yeah. I don't think that's great. I'm almost, I'm pretty much almost never living in the present. I'm either <laughs> almost always thinking about the past or the future. I mean, we've already talked about is how, that, isn't that everybody though? Like to some I extent? think I might do it to a greater extent because we've already talked about how I'm planning things for my kids and I'm 19. And I have no intentions on having kids literally anytime soon. But genuinely, basically, the the next greatest step in my life is having kids. And that is one of the greatest things I'm looking – I don't even care about that. I'm like (laughs) – I'm so far ahead. I'm like, look. You're not going to have – I'm already having kids. (laughs) I'm so far ahead past marriage. It's hard to make one of those leaps without the other. I know. I know. (laughs) But it's like if I can rank like which one I'm more excited for – Marriage or having kids? I would say having kids. A hundred percent. I don't know why. <laughs> if you ask any of my friends, they'll tell you I am unnecessarily excited to have kids for no reason at all. That's okay. But what yeah. can I say? It's on my it's on my bucket list. My brother makes fun of me that having kids is on my bucket list. Truly, it's not that straightforward. It, it's not I mean, a it's given for everybody. Not. So I'm fully prepared to adopt kids. I'm mentally preparing myself. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm ready for it. I thought maybe if I never get married, I'll just adopt a kid. Good for Is you. that a good idea? I don't know. So maybe I won't do it. Hard to say. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> That's Secret Life of Walter May is a really great, mm-hmm. great answer. Um, who is your first celebrity crush? First celebrity crush. Um, <laughs> and can, so, you, and can I, you be so specific as to the movie? I don't even know. You can't. Like, that's that's a tricky question. I'll admit. I like, that's kind of asking a lot from somebody. I admitted on the cold when I talked about, when I talked to cold one about all this, mm-hmm. that for me, it's not really my first movie crush. And this isn't really the way I'm asking the question, but the first time I ever saw a beautiful woman and I was like, whoa, there's something about this that I really like without understanding what it is, mm-hmm. is... Uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Okay. Which is... Yeah. You know okay. what I'm yeah. talking about. Okay. Where you're kind of like, hello. Okay, so that... Um, I'm not asking that question. So that reminds me of... But that's the kind of time frame I'm talking about. I forgot about this for a long time, but I remember it. And I think it is... Oh, I think it's the movie Batman and Robin with uh, George Clooney. It's George Clooney. Batman and someone else. <laughs> it was not the bat nipples. It was, it was Poison Ivy, who is, excess, who is excessively sexual. sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice to say. But um, is that actually Uma Thurman? Yeah, it's actually I cannot Uma believe it. It's Uma Thurman. No way. I guarantee it. No way. That's Promise it. you. But I remember that and being like, Ugh. I cannot believe that's Uma Thurman. Wow. Yep. Anyways, that I would. Wow, that's weird. Now that I know that it's Uma Thurman, that kind of changes my view on that. Anyways, <laughs> Might change your view. That <laughs> you at six. On the other hand, that was the first time that I was kind of like, Ugh, 
women. <laughs> and I think it was a, definitely a shame. Like, when I was watching it, I was like, this feels... That's... Wrong. Yes. <laughs> it's... I think for all the guys, this is... It's never a classy answer. Yeah. It's like, this is weird. My classy answer is Kira Knightley <laughs> in Pirates of the Caribbean. Of course. Of course. Or pretty much anything with Audrey Hepburn in it is a pretty classy answer. I genuinely don't think I've seen anything with Audrey Hepburn in it, and I... Watch Roman Holiday. It's very good. I've never thought that Audrey Hepburn was that attractive, to be honest. You should see her in a movie. <laughs> it's like, a picture is one thing, but right. like you see her like talk and just okay. gracefully move through the world. You're, you're kind of like, that is a leading lady. Okay, maybe. <laughs> that's my that's my take. I'm... Maybe I'm just a man. <laughs> I'm just Uma Thurman's my girl, man. I don't need no one else. I don't need Audrey Hepburn, Marilyn Monroe, no one else. Just, just me and just Uma. Uma Thurman. Uma's such a weird name. Where does that come from? It's like emu, but not. But worse. <laughs> you know, I think I'd rather be. I don't know about no. I'd rather be Uma. I think than I'd emu. go emu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this town's pretty big for the both of us. <laughs> so okay. If you could watch one movie for 24 straight hours, you watch it, and then the movie ends, and it just, boom, starts over. You have to watch it 24 straight hours. Hmm. What movie are you putting on? That's a tough... The question is, do I pick a movie that I really like? Or that you can just really tolerate? And tolerate it or ruin it for the rest of my life. Or pick a movie that's long, that I'm not a huge fan of, but I can watch fewer times in that 24-hour... I think it's got to be something you can enjoy. I mean, for me, it's if I don't enjoy it, it's gonna be a long. It's gonna be a long twenty-four hours, no matter what. Yeah. But if you pick that something that you have no care for at right. all, that's going be to be horrible. Hmm. For me, it's Spider-Man Three. That's okay. because I I've seen it a ton already, mm-hmm. and it is still holds up. It still, still holds. It's, 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 I love the campiness of it. Although I'm starting to. Rethink that. I'm, I've been kind of spitballing other ideas. Um, hmm. Let me think about that. I think another good answer is the kind of movie that you haven't cracked yet, where you're not like, you're like, I don't fully understand this, but if I watch it six times in a row, I might be able to, you know. Yeah, that's true. It might true. come together. That's true. Is there a movie I like that much? Um, I can't think of a movie that I've done multiple rewatchings of that I still enjoy. Like after three or four times, you're kind of like, okay. But movie I enjoy, I think I enjoy it every time I watch it. It's Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. I think I enjoy that movie every time I watch it. And that movie, you don't really have to crack. It's just a really nice story. It's yeah. an endearing story. So I think I might go with that. That's a pretty good uh, performances by everyone. Yeah. Even Ben Affleck. We'll throw him a bone, say, Ben Affleck, you did a good job in that movie. You know what is a, an absolutely unbelievable fact about that movie? They, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote it together. <laughs> is that, that is true. <laughs> no. Well, what I find totally amazing is that um, everyone in that movie, like especially that cast of guys, mm-hmm. like yeah. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, mm-hmm. Casey Affleck, the other guy, Robin Williams? No, there's the fourth friend that uh, don't know. didn't really turn out to be anyone. Out of all of those actors, out of everyone in that movie, the only one to win an Oscar is Casey Affleck. 
That's weird. The only one to win an Oscar for Best Actor is Casey. Not from that movie, just later on. He won it for Manchester by the Sea. But Matt Damon hasn't won anything? Not for he he won one for writing. Right. Him and Ben. Well, that one and The Martian. Matt Damon wrote The Martian? He's got a writing credit. Wow. He didn't I don't think he wrote all of it, but he wrote enough of it that to was be a weird, credited. When The Martian came out, that was that weird period of time that Matt Damon was oddly in everything. He was doing a lot of cameos. That was so weird. And like he has a cameo in Ragnarok too. Yeah, he's That was so weird. What is Matt Damon's deal? He actually, that's kind of the thing of his. I've seen like a supercut really of, into of just the. He's been in a ton of cameos and a ton of stuff. That's funny. Like that it's just like, like something. something that he, yeah, do. he's just like yeah. He I'll be like in your cool movie dude. for ten yeah, seconds. He seems like a cool dude. So Goodwill Hunting, I would say I could probably definitely watch. Maybe I'd crack the equation on the board too. Maybe I'd just start doing the math. That, that would be a wild idea. That would be a real twist if I learned all the math in that. That would be good. That's my answer. Next question, Terry Gross. Do you know who Terry Gross is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what movie do you most want to see in theaters? Um, Tenet. And I know that for sure because I haven't seen it yet. And I've not seen it at all. I've not seen it at all. And one of the reasons I didn't watch it or haven't seen it yet is because I want to see it in theaters. Because a lot of Chris Nolan films, like the score is a really big deal. Like Inception... And watching Interstellar not in a movie theater is such a waste of all of the organs Hans Zimmer put in that song, in that score. You know, I just yeah. love that. But Tenet was, and I knew it was coming out in theaters. I don't know why. I think it was, I don't know if Bowling Green's theater had Tenet. That I can tell you they did, because Sarah and I would. But honestly, it. the Bowling Green theater is a waste of time. It's, they, it's, it's just like, this is the worst. They're bad. So Tenet is genuinely a movie that I want to see in theaters that I I haven't seen it, but I want to. Because it's a, it's, like, it's it, yeah, it's worth seeing. And I think I might be past the time that I can be able to see it in theaters, which is a probably for the next twenty years. Yeah, yeah I think it might. I think it might still be. I've thought out. about just biting the bullet, just saying like, look, I'll just watch it. I've heard that the that he had a hard time <laughs> balancing the vocals and then <laughs> the score, and that it's like. The, the vocals are super quiet and you can't hear them and then the score is super loud. I seems... think that is underselling quite a bit. And that's that's my opinion on seeing mm-hmm. the movie is that a lot of people are like, oh, the sound is all off. And like, that's not the point. I think a lot of people have got that a little, like there, there are some things that are wrong with that movie that could have been better. Mm-hmm. But um, not all the dialogue is super important. And so... Mm-hmm what's being kind of played over is not the most important thing. Now it right. is kind of loud, yeah. but I, I saw, I saw a really neat video essay. I don't remember who, who did it, but basically they were making the argument that Tenet was an experiment by Christopher Nolan to create a movie without a protagonist, which okay, if you not see it, I can't really go don't into spoil it. I'm not going to, but it. it's be the worst. It's, me. it's not conventional storytelling. And so, oh yeah, I mean, it, the whole premise of the movie is that there's something that can reverse time. You, I think, you immediately have to be like, this isn't going to be. That's part of it, but like, no one messes with time a lot. This is he loves doing that. Just, as, just from a storytelling yeah. perspective, just trying to tell the story, it's very non-conventional. So I think you kind of got to give it a little bit of uh, leeway with that. That's my take on yeah. like the the sound. I think but. people, especially after COVID, people are like, 
movie theaters are never going to make a comeback. I think movie theaters will continue to be, will be there forever because no one has giant Dolby speakers in their houses. Filmmakers don't make movies for you to watch on an iPad. Yeah, that is genuinely one of the reasons why I like going to movies is purely just for the massive speakers. I want to feel it right in my chest. Yeah. I don't care what size screen I'm watching on. I want the giant, huge, massive speakers. Yeah. I want them like right facing my ears. I want them I just right in my ears. Yeah. I, I don't think movie theaters are going anywhere. I think no way. they're so important. And if anything, they're gonna have a renaissance after COVID. Oh yeah. I I mean that's why filmmakers make movies. Oh yeah. And hopefully and, after this, everyone will be able to get the reclining leather seats. Because yes. no movie theater in twenty twenty one should not have reclining leather seats. Okay? Or stadium seating. Why would you make a, a theater that doesn't have stadium seating? We're talking to you, Regal Theaters in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah, Regal. I've thought about maybe if I just had a bunch of money, I'd just buy a bunch of lame movie theaters, fix them up, and just be like, look, it's a service to humanity. I'm fixing up these movie theaters in rural towns. That is such a dream is not even to fix them up, but just I would like to own a movie theater that I have – Free reign. Unfettered access. And then it's literally just like a screening room where it's like, I'm going to play the movies that – that's and, actually a dangerous idea because how do you make money on that? Yeah, I think you're, you're – you're really, I think you're just about to circle around to a home theater. <laughs> this is the – you're – the path – the idea path that you're on right now is the same exact path that the person who went to the home theater was on and then they circled back around to home theater. The one tricky thing is is – Movie theaters, in a, to a certain extent, have to pander to the public to remain open, to That's make true. enough money to stay open. But but the idea of having the freedom to have a theater, a proper yeah. theater, and show whatever I want is I think what beyond you do tempting. Is you should become if you own a movie theater, you become like a phantom. Where they're like, have you heard about the guy who owns this movie theater? Sometimes I you see him, and you should wear like a red velvet robe. And, and you and know, a, half of a yeah, white mask. and you know, <laughs> you know that room that's like up where they have the, the projection projector? room. Sometimes be up there, and as a kid, sometimes I look back up there just for fun. <laughs> you know, yeah. what kid doesn't? And then maybe every once in a while you're up there, and maybe you bang on the window or something, and make everyone look up there. And be like, yeah, I think it's even the phantom of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would. Do. It's like we're really stepping on someone's toes. That's there. what I would do. It's the phantom of the movie theater. I've been really tempted to just cough up the money and rent a theater? Is that mm. something that they've been doing? Is Are they still doing that? I think some places are okay. still doing it enough. Kind of still recoup They're, their losses. I think it would be a lot of fun so, to just pay $100 and put on whatever I want. Like that, that's an idea. Yeah. I think just, only- just to test the theory, like let's say I want to go in there and I want to watch Seven Samurai because I watched that last night. Sure. It's fantastic. And just be like, everyone leave. I'm watching Seven Samurai tonight. Just, that's one of the movies that's like, if you could see that on a big screen, oh, yeah. it would be amazing. I've heard about this movie theater in LA. It might be a chain, but it's called the Arclight. And it's everyone, I think everyone who's really into movies in LA likes the Arclight because they like do it better than yeah. just like a regular chain. And what I've heard that what they do is that when the movie starts, they have someone who works there in there. And is watching to make sure the picture looks good, 
and that the audio is working. That way, if it doesn't, you ever been in a movie theater where it doesn't work and then everyone's like, am I going to be the person who's going? Yeah, well, that and then they have to restart it. It's just bad. So I thought, why don't all movie theaters? So I had a movie theater, I would do that. I have a funny story about that. And that is, I went and saw Rogue One in um, movie theaters. And there's a blind guy in that. And so probably one-fourth of the way into the movie, where they're in, might even not be one-fourth, but they get captured by Saw Gerrera, and they're in the prison. Mm. And there's a point in the movie where you just hear the blind guy talking, and he's saying, I'm one with the Force, and the Force is with me. Okay, now, when that, force the force when like that happened, the screen went blank. But he's blind. So I think everyone thought that it was an artistic choice. Yeah. <laughs> and so for a little bit, everyone was just like, okay, the, we're the blind cool, guy. Yeah. Right and then after a while, it kept going. And it we became all clear realized. that something wasn't <laughs> yeah. But it was so crazy that it had lined up perfectly. Yeah. It was insane. But other than that, it's been the only time that a movie theater has really malfunctioned on me. So I think – my idea of owning the theater is basically to to do the Quentin Tarantino thing. He owns a screening room in like LA. Does he? What does yes. he do? I don't think I want to go there. I mean, basically, he owns thousands of movies. And oh, that's kind of cool. He he'll screen one, and you can come in, or I think maybe you can rent you can rent out the room and pick out pick it out, and like that's the idea. Except if you're Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. you've got the clout to pull that off. Yeah. I do not. Jesse Vaughn doesn't quite have that same level. I have not. Unfortunate. White Quentin Tarantino. Maybe one day. Maybe one day you'll get there. Maybe you just start a screen where you can get a bunch of clout. I'll I'll make my Reservoir Dogs eventually. I'll get there. (laughs) Call Harvey Keitel. I'm on the phone. Tell him I called. (laughs) Is that all? Do we have one more question? No, there's there's a couple. There's a couple more. Um, What's your favorite opening to any movie? Favorite opening? I don't. <laughs> I don't think I've ever thought about that question, or ever thought about openings to movies to begin with. One, I guess my immediately my immediate my immediate gut reaction is Forrest Gump. Really. And it's just a feather, and it goes on for a little bit too long. A little. That's bit. my immediate gut reaction to. That's your favorite. It's not. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but that's the one that immediately sticks out to me. I, I'm i asking for your favorite. I know. I'm trying to think. I mean, an opening to a movie. What does that even mean? How, Just, how long is an opening, would you say? Uh, I'd say like the first scene or so. Okay. We watched a movie, Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> it's my incredibly long opening, I would say, before the title. Oh, yeah. The, show up. <laughs> it's like 17 <laughs> minutes into so the film. It's like, Man. oh, we're starting now. Cool. Favorite opening. Favorite opening. What's your favorite opening? Give me some ideas. Inglorious Bastards. What happens then? Uh, that is the scene where uh, Colonel Hans Landa shows up to the Frenchman's house and has this long, like, one-upsmanship dialogue with the owner, kind of intimidating him the whole time, and then he, you know, he says, you're hiding them under the floorboards, aren't you? And he's, Yes. And so he calls the guys in and they shoot through the floor. And then so Shoshana comes running out of the basement. Like that whole scene is brilliant. Like that, I mean, that sets such a tone for that movie. 
I, I think it's it's just mm-hmm. fantastic writing and filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably one of the best like eight to ten minutes in any film I've ever seen. I genuinely don't know if I have an answer to this question. I don't I genuinely don't think I've ever considered openings. If we're being a hundred percent honest, uh, never even considered opening movies. I'm gonna or at least I'm gonna write down Forrest Gump just because <laughs> you know that's fair. That's, that's what I don't said. know why that stuck into my head so much. But I, isn't that that does start with a feather, right? Yes. And, you're just and it ends with a feather. The whole time. It is. I think it's kind of symbolic of Forrest Gump in his life that he's just kind you know of like, what? We'll say sure. He's blown away by just kind of carried along with whatever happens, and he's just like happy to be there. Is it my favorite? No. I'll probably tomorrow on my drive to work, I'll probably think of one. I'll be like, man, my name. That's fine. I'll text you. And we can revise it. We can revise <laughs> it. Put it right here and say, uh, it's actually. <laughs> What's your favorite ending? I knew you were going to ask. I knew you were going to ask. This is a lot more... I should have known. But this is a much more... People think about endings way more than openings. That's true. That's true. If you don't give an answer for this, that's just lame. Ending. Okay. um, I got it. Okay, so my favorite ending is Guava Island. Um, Really? I've still not seen that. So good. If you haven't seen Guava Island, go watch it. It's incredible. Um, so at the end, I don't want to spoil it. I mean, we've kind of been spoiling everything, so just go for it. I'm okay, going to put so a warning I guess at the that's of this. fair. Yeah. So at the end of Guac, but I don't want to spoil it for you because you haven't seen it. And I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'm not going to. Okay, that's fine. You can just leave it. Um, out. I'll say what I want to. So American, there's something that American movies really don't like to do at the end of stories. And other cultures do it all the time. Let's hear it. I don't want to say because I'm spoiled for you. Okay, they kill the main character. I respect the crap out of movies that will, are willing to I'll kill off. Okay. I think you'll still like Lava Island. I'll spoil it now. So at the end of the movie, basically the whole conflict of the movie is Denny, who's um, Donald Glover's character, wants to throw a party for the entire island that they're on. But the guy who runs the island doesn't want them to take a day off because he was he wants them – he's going to have the party on like a Saturday night and it's going to go all night. And so the head boss is like, I don't want you to do this party because then no one will be able to come to work on Sunday. So he threatens Denny. Denny says like, I'm not going to do it. He still does it. And so the head boss has Denny killed. And the ending of the movie – is them taking the day off at Denny's funeral. And they're like dancing in the street. And Rihanna's in this movie. And there's this like scene. And there's a lot of color. So the the head boss is in red. He's like in this all red suit. And Rihanna's in this like very nice blue dress. And there's just this scene where he's like standing in the middle of this giant parade in blue. And he's the only red one. He, He just sees her like walking towards her. And they don't say anything. And it's just like an awesome ending because it's like he did. It. He died, but they had their day off. It's <laughs> awesome. That film is so good. And I will call that a film. That's art. That that's movie fine. is so good. Uh, what movie surprised you the most? Maybe that surprised how good it was, surprised how bad it was. I will tell you. Just generally it surprised. It is a Bollywood movie I watched last week called Anne Had Hunt. Here it okay? comes. <laughs> this movie is incredible. And Jesse won't watch it because it's Bollywood and he doesn't like – 
Sawing a dance for some reason. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say I wouldn't this watch it. I movie, said I'm tentative. This movie. Okay, forget what you know about Bollywood, but remember a little bit of it because there still is some song and dance. So, you gotta spell this for me. A N D. Okay. H A N H U N. It's not on Letterbox. Oh, it definitely. It's maybe I spelled wrong. H A N D. I'll go to your oh. account. H A N D H A D H U N. Anyway, so the reason I watched this movie is I was on my Instagram Explore page. One of my favorite things about Instagram Explore oh, page is I come up, um, or I see um, really bad Instagram fact pages. And they're just the worst facts ever. And a majority of them are just lies. Just yes, false. I know exactly. And I love those so much. With like multicolored text? It's terrible. Yes, Sometimes they don't even have a fact or like a complete sentence. <laughs> they're so great. But I saw this one and it said, it was talking about the actor the main actor for this movie, who's blind. He's a blind pianist. And they were talking about how they got these, basically these lenses or contacts for the actor that blocked out 80% of his sight that he had in during the filming of the movie. And it had like a quote, or it was like, they said, the actor said that when he had these on for a long time, it changed his whole physical demeanor and the way he like moved and stuff. And so I saw that and I thought, well, that must mean it's a pretty good performance and i looked it up on imdb 100 which i'll give you this not all movies that have 100 on imdb are great does it really have but 100%? It, i think it genuinely does i'm going but um so i thought you know what i'm gonna give this a shot and let me tell you it just takes you on a run it you just strap into the roller coaster and you gotta go and I'm seeing an 8.2 on IMDb. Maybe, no, Rotten Tomatoes is what I meant. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, ah. I think. Um, <laughs> I'm I'll, skeptical. Give, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. The story's a little slow to begin with, but once it gets going, it really gets going. Twists and turns that, that aren't even predictable. They're crazy. I didn't even see it coming. I was like, whoa. You know what? Okay, I guess you're right. It has a 100% on the tomatoes. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 8.2 and a, and out of 91 10. audience score. That's. I'm telling you, it's awesome. But you still don't want to watch it. I'm telling you, dude, it is so good. I'll tell you which movie for me is that, and that's Kung Fu Hustle. It is a Chinese movie. I really have seen it. And it is. It's just kind of that thing where you're like, you just gotta sit back and have no expectations, and it's gonna take you on a ride. That is this movie. When I watched this movie, I was blown away. I couldn't believe that I had never heard of this movie before. It has changed my view of Bollywood movies. Because, I mean, granted, when you think of Bollywood movies, you think of like huge song and dance numbers. And there is yeah. some song. Minimal dance, I'll give you that. There's not like a giant choreographed dance, but he's a blind pianist, so what do you expect him not to play yeah. piano? Anyways, that movie blew my mind. That'd be a great character to put in a movie. He's a blind pianist, but have no piano numbers. <laughs> it's like that's Does his he thing. actually play? It's incredible. It's awesome. There's twists and turns. Everyone, please go watch it and tell me if it's actually good or not, or if I'm genuinely crazy, and tell me, because no one else I know has seen this movie. And I need someone to tell me if this is good or not, or I'm crazy. I genuinely, I don't know. Okay. I love that movie. Top 10 movies of mine now. What's a bad movie that you love? Something that is not like <laughs> bad highly esteemed, that I but love. you're just like, I love just this movie. Just love it through and through. No matter what you say. Man, let me think. 
I feel like um, I feel like there is a movie that I genuinely like that's bad, but I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe it's A that Hun. I just don't know yet. No, that's got it's the critical not. reviews. It's got the critical reviews to back up. Again, I'm going to Spider-Man 3 on this. It is like, people like, that movie stinks. And I'm like, you're wrong. That movie is a masterpiece. Man, that's a bad movie that I just love. Have I seen many bad movies? I don't know. I think Nacho, definitely, I I think definitely Nacho Libre falls into that. No way. I got. I'll have to get a score on that. Let's no see. way Nacho Libre falls into that. I don't know. Um, Nacho Libre has a 52 on Metacritic. Which is low enough for me to say it's bad. Uh, um, it's kind of like I think like cult movies fall into that category. Where is it's Scott like, Pilgrim? No, Scott Pilgrim is, is a good gr- is a good movie. Maybe my friends just hate Scott Pilgrim. Your friends are wrong. I know. I know. I that movie them. is awesome. I told them multiple times. I said, "No, guys, this is really good." That was playing in a theater about forty five minutes to an hour from here, and I was always oh, really so tempted good. to go. Man, it's like seeing bad, that in theaters would be a blast. A bad movie that I love. Oh, um, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Okay. Have you seen that? No. Oh, actually, scratch it. Scratch Sorcerer's Apprentice. Scratch that off. You're writing it right now. Race it. Um, Journey to the Center of the Earth with Brendan Fraser <laughs> and what's his Josh name? Hutchinson. Josh Hutcherson. That movie. Look, if you haven't seen that movie, go watch it right now. That movie is so funny because Brendan Fraser is yelling half of the time. And when he doesn't need to be yelling, he's still yelling. It's incredible. Performance is terrible. <laughs> it's so funny. And there's this lady that goes with them. And there's this line where she is like, I always have enough rope. And she genuinely has a magical amount of rope. It's so funny that she has that much rope. And every time she brings it up, I think, no way she has enough rope. She's got at least a mile of rope. She's got so much rope for each person. It's incredible. <laughs> Everything about that movie, they they uh, they fund their trip to Iceland using a, the, Brendan Fraser has these three giant jars of coins. <laughs> Yes, just huge jars of coins. And we're supposed to believe that it's enough to book two flights to Iceland. I don't know about that. Depends on how far in advance you buy the tickets. There's also, it was definitely very quick. There's also a dinosaur that lives yes. underground. There's a scene where um, Josh Hutcherson gets like drooled on and that's really gross. That movie's awesome. I love that movie. I'm glad I have an answer to that. Everyone go watch that movie. It's incredible. What's a good movie that you hate? It's kind of the opposite. Good movie. Something that that, that that like critically has great reviews that and everyone I just loves, like, but you're like, I don't mm. get it. This movie is not that good. Um, let me. I can't think of good movies. I just spent all my brain power on bad movies. We were kind of talking about it earlier. For me, I might say 2001. That is true. Because it is a very well regarded movie. That is true. That I think is wildly really lame. Just really, just what is the point? Why did we spend so much time making this movie? Yeah, I'll, I feel that. Um, is Elephant Man highly regarded? I think it's highly regarded enough. Okay. Then I would say Elephant Man. I think it's just kind of boring. It's okay. The Elephant Man. Um, Back to the Future. 
I'm not a huge Ooh, fan of Back yeah. to the Future. My that brother is, is actually, obsessed with Back to the Future. Well, Back to the Future is just kind of like, eh, it's Elephant okay. Man is rated number 159 on IMDb's top movies. Really? It was nominated for eight Oscars, okay. so that qualifies. Then I'm picking Elephant Man. Honestly, just But, hold on. It, Back to the Future is higher, higher on both of those standards. I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick Elephant Man because I think – I mean I still very much enjoy Back to the Future. But Elephant Man was just kind of like, okay, he just looks weird. And it was unclear whether or not he was disfigured because his mom got trampled by elephants in childbirth or if he was just disfigured for other reasons. It was very unclear. And if we're being honest, towards the end of the movie, I genuinely just like skipped through a bunch of the scenes because it's like, okay, I genuinely know where this is going. And there was a – and. I up until so there was a point in the movie where this one girl's like, "Does Doctor So and So know that the Elephant Man is dying?" And I watched the movie up until that point, no fast forwarding, and I thought, "Hold on, where did that plot point come through? There was no mention of him dying at all, ever." And I thought, "Why did they think that we're, he's dying?" So after that, I was just kind of like, "Okay, whatever." There's also a plot point where there's this guy who works in the hospital and he starts selling tickets to go and see yeah. the elephant man like in his room. And I think, why does he never tell anyone ever? He knows how to talk and he's friends with the doctor who's taking care of him. Why does he never mention like, hey, at night when you guys are gone, there's this annoying guy who comes and sells tickets to people for me to see, for them to see me. And I think, just come on, dude, just tell them. Hmm. So there's a whole, it's not that great. It's kind of boring. There's some it's okay. It's a David Lynch movie, so it's kind of yeah. weird at some points. Um, it's a true story, which John is interesting. So, actually, his name I read on Wikipedia is actually Joseph Merrick, uh, but is commonly referred to as John Merrick for some reason. Don't know how that happened. So, Elephant Man is my pick of a of a evidently an incredible movie that is just kind of like a. I watched Back to the Future Part One with Jesse Britt mm. once. I feel like he wouldn't be into it. Oh, he he loves it. He wasn't nuts about it. Yeah, he like, seems like we got to the end of it, and I was like, "Yeah, and there's two more of these." And he's like, "Um, I don't want to watch that." He, he did say that, <laughs> but the way he put it at first was, he's like, "Do the others have any more of his mom trying to bang him?" Yeah, that's... because I could, he's like, I couldn't do that for two more films. Honestly, I don't know why that movie has gotten a lot of. As, it, heat, but as like, it genuinely should. It's uncomfortable. John Mulaney's got a good bit on it. It's uh, <laughs> Of course. Of course you find a way to bring up John Mulaney <laughs> and his comedy. Look. Okay. But it genuinely is uncomfortable. It's so... Like the whole crux of the, the conflict is like Marty McFly's like, Okay, here's an idea. I'm going to pretend to assault my mom. And you are going to come and beat me so up. So that my dad can come by and beat me up. Who? Fall in love with me. Who at the head movie offices said, okay, pitch me this movie. And then they got to the part where it's like, okay, now here's what's going to happen. Have you heard of Oedipus? The mom is going <laughs> to... What if it was the opposite? <laughs> Whoa. I immediately, I'd be like, you know what? I'm passing. I'm just saying no. It's and, amazing. And sure, maybe I'll take a major financial hit. I don't care. My conscious will be happy that I'm not associated with that movie. It's weird. It should, it's, look, it's just weird. I'll give you that. I get that. 
But two and three, there is significantly less. A lot less. Two and three are, I genuinely think, are kind of a lot more fun because there's none of that. You know, it's like, oh, this is actually the level of awkwardness. Good there. hearted yeah. fun. <laughs> Not like, I don't want to see this. So let's say you've got a theater full of all your friends. Nice. Full. Full. Every single seat. <laughs> but you're in charge of what's on the screen. Okay. You're, you're screening a double feature. You can, As I you got two movies. And what to do. Absolutely. <laughs> this is a dream of mine. What two double movies? Feature. What two movies are you putting on? Well, number one, as we've discussed and I love, is Anne Had Hun. Incredible. Love it. Awesome. Greatest movie of all time? No. Question But mark? is it great? Yes. Should everyone watch it? Yes. Second movie. Second movie. We talked about this earlier, and I said Memories of Murder. I'm not going to go with Memories of Murder. Aww. Unfortunately. Um, what's it just another movie that I just like? Honestly, Guava Island. People haven't seen enough Guava Island. Enough people haven't seen Guava Island. I think it's a good way, like, in this imagined scenario, you kind of have a captive audience. Definitely. And I want a lot. And I've told people about Guava Island, and um, the beginning of the movie is, is animated, and they can't get past that part. And I'm like, look, you can get past this part. It's yeah. seven minutes. Get over it. And it, the movie is, the whole thing and, is less than an hour. And yeah. And some people were like, man, you know, it was good, but I couldn't get past the animated part. And I think, what? That would, wasn't even that big of a deal. And it was cool animation. So that's what I do. And Headhun, Guava Island. Wrap it up. Good picks. Good picks. And now this is the, the hardest question. Okay. For I'm sure. ready for it. What is objectively the best film ever made? <laughs> it doesn't have to be your favorite. Objectively you don't have to love it. The best film ever made. Yeah. Um, what is... I don't think it's um, Shawshank Redemption. That's no, always at the top so. of the list. Is it that good? I don't no. think The Godfather deserves to be up there either. I would that say... That is my take. That is my hot take. So I've never seen it, but Schindler's List. I don't know why. You've never seen it? I'm kind of... That movie has always been on my list to watch. You waxed eloquent at the beginning of this thing about like Schindler's List is a proper film. Exactly. Finding Dory. And you're just exactly. blowing smoke up everyone's Ex- butts. Because I've seen lots of videos about Schindler's List. I know it's good. Everyone's told me it's good. It's always on the list. It's Steven Spielberg. I'm going with Schindler's List. Has to be the greatest movie of all time. Have I seen it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> work. Am I going to watch it eventually? Probably. But I think it's the best one. So say what you will. It's the best one. Shawshank Redemption, get out of here. Not that great. If a man has to crawl through a sewer in your movie, not that great of a movie. (laughs) Well, it's been fun. It's It's been a while since I've been on a podcast. Would you like to plug yours? Um, I wouldn't because we're not making episodes. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll keep that under wraps. Okay. I would say do you have any recommendations, but if you have to mention that that movie one more time. And head on. Uh, everyone, please. Stop the recording. Please go watch it. <laughs> it's been fun. I'm glad we did this. I've enjoyed it. Thanks again to Adam. Uh, this really was a blast. I really enjoyed getting to speak with him about this, uh, about movies. This is something we talk about a lot, so it was great to get him on the record and to really uh, dig into some of his tastes in movies. Um I apologize for 
not having posted an episode at all in the past four weeks. But uh, Sarah and I have been out of town every weekend for the past four weeks. So uh, the time between weekend trips has been very hectic. I haven't had time to record, so I apologize. But thank you guys for listening. Um, Life's going to hit more regular for me, so I'll be back uh, talking at you again next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. It means a lot to me. Um, one little segment I'd like to add to the end of the show. I realize that I've not been doing recommendations like I did at the beginning of the year, but I'd like to add something where I just recommend the best movie that I watched this week because I watch a lot of movies and I think it's a fun way of sharing quality films, whether you watch them or not. Uh, so this week, the best movie I watched was a film called Seven Samurai, which uh, is very much in my taste right now. It's definitely not for everyone. I mean, it is, for one, it's a black and white foreign film about samurai. So uh, it's also about three and a half hours long. So it's not for everyone. Um, the subject matter might turn some people off. The length might turn some people off. Uh, the fact that it's in another language and subtitled might turn some people off. But it is really one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's, it's iconic. It's probably one of the first action movies ever made. And it's, uh, it's been used a lot. A lot of the things that you see in that movie we see a lot in, in modern action films. So I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. It's on HBO Max. It's streaming for free. So go check that out. It's really great. If you do watch it, tell me what you think. I, I would really enjoy hearing from you guys your thoughts on this stuff. So... That's the best movie I watched this week. Um, I guess that's all I got. So thank you guys for listening. It means a lot. I'll be at you next week. So uh, if you love the podcast, share it with someone you love. If you hate it, share it with someone you hate. And until next week, be pleasant. <laughs>